Welcome to another episode of the Amford Church Sermon Podcast. We're thrilled that you're taking the time to listen to what we have to say about God, the world, and you. These sermons are recorded live during our weekly Sunday morning services. To find out more about us or to plan a visit to join us, check out our website, amfordchurch.com. Again, thanks for listening and enjoy. Over the last few weeks, we've been enjoying a series here in AEC called God Is. God Is, exploring the different characteristics of God. So if you're new to faith or if you're just sort of exploring Christianity at the moment, it's a brilliant way to find out who God really is, what the Bible says about God. And uh, if, like me, you've been a Christian for years, well, it's a brilliant way of re-energizing, of, of focusing again on who God is. And uh, we've been inspired, haven't we, over the last few weeks, discovering that God has been and is wise. Uh, God is galactic. He's global. Uh, and last week, uh, Peter was talking about how God is relational. He is community. He loves intimacy with people. He wants to know me. He wants to know you. Uh, so God is. And today we're looking at uh, a concept, a truth about God, which is mind-blowing. Um, I promise you your brain's going to hurt, I think, um, at the end uh, of this sermon. Um, I think it will anyway. But hopefully as well as we discover this truth today, um, it's going to bring comfort. It's going to bring strength. It's going to empower us uh, as we go ahead and look into uh, this next coming week uh, and the months ahead. So before we go in and and delve deep into the Bible, into this uh, new truth today, we need help, and we need the help of pop music. (laughs) We're better to start. As it's Glastonbury this week, and there's music all around us, uh, we'd start with uh, a few tracks. And your challenge this morning is to name for me uh, the title and the artist uh, of each track. So let's see if it works. Here we go, track one. Can you tell me uh, who this is? and what they're singing. Oh, three seconds. Close your eyes. We got a song as well. Give me your hand. The Bangles, darling. Here we are, the Bangles. And the title? Eternal Flame. Eternal Flame is the first track. It was the last dance at our school disco. Yeah, and the girls used to run to the hills as soon as the track came on. Uh, all right, track two. We're circa 1994, I think, for this. Some 90s rock fans. Yes. <laughs> Clever. Maybe I don't really want to know. Close, close. Oasis and Live Forever. Okay, Live Forever, big hit for them in the 90s. And in the last one, I think we're still in the same decades, glory uh, days of pop and rock music for me. Can you tell me who these are? Eternal, Eternal, yeah. Pop music isn't the same without them. Ironically, Eternal have finished uh, as a pop band. (laughs) Um, It wasn't all cracked up to be. So yeah, what links the three? Eternal Flame, Live Forever, And these uh, rock stars, eternal, eternity, eternal. So it's a phrase that really belongs in our culture, isn't it? In poetry, in music, in life around us, eternity. You know, these days, 
Um, who hasn't written the hashtag BFF? <laughs> Best friends forever. It's the hashtag at the moment. There's my BFF there in the front row. Um, Best friends forever. Um, we're obsessed with this idea of being forever, eternal, eternity, uh, and living forever. And it goes back in the, in the Celtic um, age. They sang about this, um, an age that was beyond time, outside of time, ad novum. Um, and it goes back into our ancient poetry as well. So it shows that deep within us, there is a longing. You know, we're not obsessed with a day-to-day, nine-to-five. There is something more. And the Bible reflects that as well. Um, in Ecclesiastes, um, it describes how this longing for eternity is in our DNA. It's deep within us. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. So within us, there is this longing for eternity. We know it, each one of us. Even if we haven't discovered Christianity fully yet, we know there's something more. There's an itch inside us. And it's a characteristic that belongs to God. It's a truth about God. It's ours today. God is eternal. God is always. And John led this morning as he started the service, great verses from Psalm 90. It is mind-blowing if you get your head around it. Before the mountains were brought forth, or even uh, you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You are God. So we're confined, aren't we? We can think about this earth and time, and we can go back and, you know, B.C. and A.D. But outside of that, it's really hard to, to keep in our heads, isn't it? From eternity From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. We jump to the last book of the Bible, Revelation. It says this, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come. God spans all of time and even more than that, outside of time as well. As I said, it's going to be a bit of a headache to get our heads around what this really means today. So we're going to start with a a definition. If we jump into dictionary.com, what does that tell us? What does eternity actually mean? Well, it's an adjective, meaning without beginning or end, lasting forever, always existing, um, perpetual, ceaseless. And this is great. In metaphysics, our pastor Sam, he's a big fan of physics, so he's missing out this morning. Um... Metaphysics says, existing outside all relations of time, not subject to change. So time does change us, isn't it? Day to day, year to year, it does change. That's the nature of time. But eternity, outside of that, um, it doesn't change. So speaking on eternity today, and Kerry, my wife, told me, yes, you are speaking on being forever and ever, but it doesn't mean that I can go on forever and ever and ever and ever and ever in my sermon. Well, we've got till half past two, haven't we? Um, today, yeah, we'll be all right. So we hope, hope your head isn't hurting too much um, before we start. As I said, we're confined uh, to time. Here's a picture from June the 5th, 2010. And those amongst you who are related to me will know that's Guion. Um, who's now nine years old, and uh, moments after he was born, like all of us, 
um, he was given a big strap on his wrist there, big white strap saying his name, uh, the name of his mother, um, his weight, uh, the date, and time. So as soon as we're born, we're defined. Our identity is in time. We are creatures of time. Um, and really, there's another invisible uh, strap on our wrist, isn't there, that says the time and date of our death. Thankfully, we can't see that. But we've got bookends in our lives that we begin and we end, don't we? There's a specific second that we're born into this earth, and then there's a moment that we'll pass on as well. So we're confined to time. So there's no um, surprise, there's no wonder this morning that we can't really fully grasp this idea of eternity, of life outside of time. So what we're going to do, we're going to fly around the Bible, and it's really going to be a guided tour right round from beginning to end. As I said, half past two, we'll finish uh, today. Um, just looking at what eternity really means. So you're welcome to grab a Bible there um, on the welcome desk. Use your phones if you've got a Bible app, or each text is going to come up on the screen behind me, so uh, you don't have to worry. So where are we going to start? Right at the start of the Bible, first book, first chapter, first verse says... In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. It's an easy verse for us to rush over if we've been Christians, Christians for years. But have a moment to think about it. In the beginning, the start of recorded time, God created the heavens and earth. And if you think about it, he must have planned it. He must have thought about it before time started. It's amazing, isn't it? So in the beginning... God was there. He was already in existence. He was already at work. He'd already thought. He'd already planned. So we're outside of time already, and God is at work. Uh, the famous author C.S. Lewis came up with this <laughs> helpful design to try to help us grasp what real eternity is. Now, if you imagine that the white background is eternity... Okay, that's life outside of time that goes on and on and on and on. That's eternity. And this line then is time. So Genesis 1, verse 1 is there, and the end of time is there. So time itself is inhabited, it belongs within eternity. Eternity almost envelops it, okay? So it's above and outside of time. Is your head hurt in that? Mine is. If we're struggling to grasp it, we're in good company. Um, in the book of Job, Elihu says of God, How great is God beyond our understanding. The number of his years is past finding out. God's years are innumerable. You can't count them, basically. And unending in contrast with ours. So we've started in Genesis, the first verse. We're going to jump ahead to Exodus now and a very famous, powerful scene in Exodus. You remember the burning bush? And Moses has been commissioned by God uh, to go and speak to the Israelites and to take a message from God. And he says, well, what am I going to say to them, God? Who shall I say is sending me? Who are you? What's your name? And God reveals his name. God says to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am 
has sent me to you. Powerful, powerful words there in Exodus. I am or Yahweh um, was the name that was used. It's the very being of God. It's the breath of God. It's sort of his identity. It's his, what's inside of God really is I am. And there we find out what eternity means, okay? Because I am is his self-existence. He is eternal without beginning and end. He is the one who exists, just purely exists. God simply is. But also, I am means that he is constant. He is unchanging. He is constant in his goodness. He is constant in his faithfulness. He is constant in his love. He is constant in his promises forever and ever and ever, from past, present, and future. I am what I am now in the present. I am what I am before time. I am what I am at the end of time. It's one of the most powerful moments in Scripture. It really is key. I am who I am, God says. So we've been to Genesis. We've been to Exodus. We're not going book by book. You're okay. (laughs) We're jumping ahead to uh, the New Testament. And secondly, we've seen that God says, I am. Jesus says, I am. Jesus says, I am. There's a moment where Jesus is in the temple courts. It's a familiar scene. He's there quite a lot in his lifetime here on earth, debating, talking to, arguing with Pharisees, teachers of the law, Israelites, people who have been brought up in this faith. And he's saying to them, look, I and the Father, we're one. We're the same. Me and the Father are one. But they're confused. They really can't grasp this. And they say to him, hang on, well, Abraham is our father or was our father because they belong to him uh, through faith. And then Jesus comes with this bombshell to them. He says in John 8, 58, before Abraham was, I am. And it really is, whoa, bombshell time because the words I am, as we've seen from Exodus, are sacred words. They wouldn't even utter those words. If, any were, if, you are, if anyone was to say that I am God, well, that's blasphemy in their Levitical law. So moments after he said these words, before Abraham was born, I am, he had to slip away because we're going to stone him. They're going to kill him for saying, I am. But isn't that amazing as well to think before Abraham and that great chapter uh, of the faith, Jesus was there before him. I am. Uh, in the same book, um, John 1, verse 1, these are great words that really attest what Jesus is saying. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. So Jesus is saying, I am the word that has come uh, to earth. And John is backing him up and saying, in the beginning, Jesus was there. There's an echo of Genesis there, isn't there? Yeah? Um, That creation was made at the beginning of time. But Jesus says that he was there too. 
in that creation scene, Jesus was active. He was at work. He was creating. He was designing. He was making. The Word was making uh, the world and the cosmos and the stars. So Jesus, Jesus himself claims that he is eternal. He is outside of time. He um, is forever. Him and the Father are one. There's a few places in the Bible that gives us a glimpse of eternity. It's really interesting, isn't it, to look at what was happening before time began. Uh, And one of the verses that that help us understand that is that wonderful intimate prayer between Jesus and his Father. It's in John 17. Jesus says these words, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me, because you loved me before the creation of the world. Because you loved me before the creation of the world. So, back to that moment. Remember the white line where C.S. Lewis described beginning of time? In eternity, before that, there was this scene. God the Father loving God the Son in perfect community with God the Spirit. There was this community of love happening, if you like, before time began. Before the creation of the world, you loved me. It's a wonderful picture, isn't it, of that community, that uh, nature of God, that he is loving. He is loving. He is always loving. Um, In community, in Trinity, he is loving. So we've seen proof then that Jesus has already and always existed, even before he came here to this earth for 33 years. But we're going to discover now the most spectacular truth, I think, of the morning, okay? The most amazing thing, that Jesus, who was outside of time, there, always, just being forever in that amazing community of loving with God the Father and God the Spirit in coexistence, a decision was made that he would come to this earth and be confined to time. We think of gravity holding us down. Well, time is constricting for someone who lives in eternity, isn't it? Who lives outside of time. So he who existed always became flesh. He allowed himself the, um, to be subject to uh, the, to the rigors of time. And then here's a famous, famous um, hymn in Philippians 2. It's quite small on the screen maybe, but I'll read through. Who being in very nature God did not consider equality with, with God something to be grasped. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Here it is, the most spectacular truth of the morning, the most mind-blowing truth, that the one who is eternal became subject to time. Uh, Mind-blowing. So the ageless one, he also had a white strap around his wrist, if you like. He had a birthday, a moment that he came. Traditionally, we think of it as 2019 years ago uh, that it happened. And he was under the limitations of this life, 
gravity, as I said, dependency on Mary and Joseph, the finite life, 33 years, and that ugly execution at the end of his life. He put himself under that. For what? Why would somebody in that perfect community of love, of eternity, that we can't even grasp, do that? 33 years and an ugly death? But the answer is because he wanted to fulfill his dream. He wanted uh, for his wishes to come true. He wanted to have what he'd wanted all along since the beginning of time. He wanted his dream to come true. Let's go back to that verse we read in John 17. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me. So he wanted us to be with him. That's the reason the one that was outside of time became into time and endured 33 years so that we could be with him in that glory forever. And Jesus wants you to be in that glory as well and for you to know him as well. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that a great truth to, to grasp this morning? The one that was ageless became into time so that we could know eternity as well. That we can know forever and ever and ever and ever. So we jump to the, the what or so what of this series. We usually do as we wrap it up. We found that eternity is actually a thing and try to grasp what it means this morning. But what does it really mean for me? Uh, what does it mean to you as we face Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and this week ahead? Well, uh, John began with Psalm 90, didn't he? Um, those verses saying how God created uh, the mountains, and even before that, he was from everlasting to everlasting. But the psalm goes on and paints a pretty bleak picture of this life. Our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures, yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. So for us who struggle with daily life, um, whatever your struggles may be this week, how does knowing that God is eternal change anything? How does it actually give us strength? Well, we've got to start there, haven't we? We've got to start with the fact that the eternal one has come into time and has come on a mission. He became a man so that we could have eternal life. Here we are, John 10, verse 28. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. So as we face this week, there is security, okay? There is safety in knowing that Jesus loves you. Simple as that. No one will snatch them out of my hands. And whose hands are you in? <laughs> whose hands are you in? Are you in the hands of I am the one in the burning bush, you know, that powerful name, the eternal one. I hope you are. The most powerful, powerful hands. We're safe in his hands. 
And there's great comfort to be had when we think about that. You know, the depth of his power, the depth of his love. We've seen that eternity itself doesn't hold uh, the depth of Jesus' love for us. And we spoke earlier about the glimpses we had in John 17 of the love that God has between the Father, the Son, and the Spirit before time began. But there was another love going on in eternity, if you follow me, okay? And Ephesians 1.4 described that for us. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. You matter to God. You matter to God. Before the world began, he had you in his sight. Your name was written on his heart before the world began. And, you know, if he loved us then, before the world began, how much does he love us now? If he is unchanging, if he is forever, if he is incapable in himself, it's in his nature to love you now. How much will he love you on Monday, on Tuesday, on Friday? There's great comfort there, isn't there? That if he loved you then, he surely loves you now. It says in Philippians uh, chapter 1 that he who began a good work in you will surely carry it on. Yeah? So he loves you before time. He loved you on the cross. He loved you as he ascended into heaven and conquered the grave. And he loves you right now at the end of June 2019. Are we confident of this? Do we live by this? Does that change our thinking in work, in difficult family circumstances? When we look at I am in Exodus again, jump ahead a bit, in Exodus, we see that God is unchanging, he's constant, he's true, his faithfulness doesn't change, his patience doesn't change, his power doesn't change. It's a great place to be focused, isn't it? To lift our eyes above the struggles and to look how great God really is, how unchanging he really is. And we come to, uh, here we go. Uh, so we got Corinthians to finish. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 M's, if you can find that for me. 2 Corinthians 4, 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Let me read that again. For our light and momentary troubles, he is contrasting them, are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Okay, so when he's looking at our daily struggles, which we do face, uh, life now, as we compare it to eternity, well, eternity is far heavier, if you like, uh, and far more everlasting than our um, daily struggles. Paul wants us to have that eternal perspective um, as we come to face our daily struggles, to look up, very simply, to look up. Yes, we do face struggles, 
but they are light and momentary compared to the weight and endlessness of the glory that awaits. And he says in this verse, by doing that, by thinking about um, how great eternity is and how great and powerful God is, well, it's a chance for us to be renewed day by day. We are being renewed day by day uh, by pondering and thinking of it. Do you remember that quote to the start? Well, that picture at the start from C.S. Lewis. He uh, described eternity as a blank canvas and a straight line going through it, showing, you know, time is only this big, really, but eternity is vast and far bigger. It's the greater reality. But God holds all time in his hands, the vastness of eternity. And I love uh, the quote um, as we come to, end, to the end. We do not know what the day holds, but thank God we know the one who holds the day. We do not know what the day holds, but thank God we know the one who holds the day. Let's pray together. The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to us, the weary, and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary. Young men stumble, but the Lord will renew their strength. Lord, we thank you that you are all-powerful. You are eternal. Help us grasp something of that this morning. But help us more than that, to rest in you. To lean on your power, your greatness, and your love. Thank you that in that wonderful community of love, you've decided before time, I want him and her to be with me, to see my glory and to enjoy this love. Father, I pray that people here today would know that love and grow in that faith and knowledge of you. Help us to worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope that you found today's message useful and challenging. And we want to take a moment to offer you some next steps that you can take right now. Why not get in touch with us via email at contact at amfordchurch.com if you have any follow-up questions or things that you'd like to discuss. If you want to know more about what's going on at Amford Church, make sure to like us on Facebook. And lastly, check out our YouTube channel for video teaching in addition to our sermon podcasts. Thanks for listening.